Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to King's Place Theatre. Please welcome a man who does not send his children to public school. They're not old enough yet. It's Richard Herring! Oh, yeah. Referencing something got cut from last week. Uh, you're much better than last week's audience as well. They were pricks. So, um, especially the people who left. Uh, but uh, here we are. We're, this is Richard Herring's Liquidising Solid Turds podcast. Uh, it's a new direction. You've got to do... There's so many podcasts now. You need to come up with a new angle. What we do, we get the guest to poo in a, a jar. Then we try and get that... Over the course of the podcast, we try to liquidise that into... You know, well, liquid. <laughs> so it's not no longer solid. You can then flush it down a shower drain if you want. <laughs> Why did I admit that bit? Why has that stayed in last week's podcast? Anyway, but I was hanging out on platform nine of King's Cross Station uh, the other day. Uh, it's with a man who's trying to dig up the skeleton of Bodicea so he can have sex with it. He told me. I mean, it's, it's, it was a missed opportunity with Richard III, wasn't it? But... Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, is that cheating to have sex with the Buddhist here? I don't know if it is. She's dead already, it's fine. Uh, anyway, he calls it Rahela stuff, so I don't know if that's going to catch on. Um, yeah, so on, on King's Cross, uh, I should tell you, since we are not by King's Cross, I'd like to do a little bit of local material. Uh, London is the London Underground passengers are most likely to be victims of racially or religiously aggravated abuse at King's Cross Station. <laughs> Uh, there were 1,960 hate crimes on the tube between 2015 and 2017. 57 of them were in King's Cross. So if you want to be religiously or racially abused, that's the place to go. It's good to be proud of something. That's the... Uh, that's, it's good to know that that's coming. It's got a lot worse since Brexit for some reason. I can't really connect the dots on that. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, so uh, I thought you'd like to know that about King's Cross. It's a horrible place, but you know, it's much nicer than it used to be. That's the... Imagine what it was like before. Uh, I, some of us still remember those, those dark days. Uh, there's a very uh, charming young man here. So what's, your, what's your name, sir? Lawrence. Lawrence. Very charming. I was, you went to public school, didn't you, Lawrence? I can tell from your bearing. It's fine. It's all right. We, we discussed that last week, and it's absolutely fine. Um, what did you do for a living, Lawrence? You can't work in IT. You went to public school. You've got a proper job, haven't you? I'm a lawyer. You're a lawyer. See that's, see, that's what I want. That's the kind of quality I'm after. Like, you scum. You'll all be gone. Once Brexit happens, you're all out of here, mate. You're all lawyers. Uh, and uh, what's the best... Uh, what kind of law lawyering do you do? You get criminals off? Uh, you get your public school friends off? <laughs> Banking charges, crimes? What, what, what? Your public sex, that's nice. What is, the, what is the worst criminal you've ever got to be found innocent of a crime that they definitely did? Probably not allowed to say. Uh, so, thinking about it, probably not allowed to say. So, uh, you're very welcome. Lawyers, eh? Lardy does. It's the suit, isn't it? It's the suit. You heard about the suit. It's all changing here. It's uh, <laughs> realistable. You're weak. You're a weak audience. I'm going back. I'm going back, I'm going back to the, out into the country where they love me. I was rude about them last week. You wouldn't know that. You weren't here. <laughs> Stop getting away with it. Anyway, uh, this week's guest uh, is probably best known for featuring, repeated, featuring repeatedly as an audience cutaway in the Jerry Springer Too Hot for TV VHS release. <laughs> and her husband texted me that piece of information this afternoon uh, just as I was struggling to find anything to introduce her with. So I'm very happy with that. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Sarah Barron! Thank you for that. Come in. 
Sarah Marlow. Hi. So tell me about um, Jerry Springer, Too Hot to, to, for too TV. Too Hot for TV. So when I was um, 17, well, I grew up in suburban Chicago, and so, which is where Rick Ferris Bueller's Day Off is yes. set, of course. And so at 17, my best friend and I in high school were like, what thing should, we're going to have like a, his name was Shale, and it was like, let's have a Sarah and Shale's Day Off. Okay. And so we decided that we would go downtown and watch an episode of the Jerry Springer show. And I'm, I give great face okay. as an audience member, right? Like I'm really, or like if you want me to look at photos of your kid or your wedding or whatever, I'm like, <gasps> like I really <laughs> perform for people. Yeah. And I was, because I'm a pleaser. And so basically, I wasn't aware of this until like a year later when the video came out, is people started being like, Sarah, I'm watching the Jerry Springer Too Hot for TV video. And I think you're on it in the audience. <laughs> so I bought the tape and it's just cutaways to me constantly. Like when people are doing a lot of things, yeah. being like. <laughs> <laughs> and the, you could tell these cameramen were like the girl with the red hair. I mean, we got to stay on her. And that was my claim to fame. Wow. Thanks. That is a really good claim to fame, though. Well, I mean, it's terrible. It's but, you know, good. these 17 year olds being like, let's laugh at people. I mean, it was terrible, actually, yeah. but, you know. So you're going in a, a postmodern ironic fashion and then you ended up becoming part of the very yeah, thing. Yeah, that I was mocking. Wow. Yeah. There's a lesson there somewhere. Can we make me more likeable through the remainder of the interview? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I hope not. I hope not. I like, I like, I like that about you. Um, well, look, there's lots to talk about. Like, I, I, what, what is very interesting is I first met you... Uh, on a play date, I think, with our children. We went to we went to the zoo yeah. in a six a group of six of us. Yeah, went to a, on a zoo date together. And, and I knew you were a writer, but I didn't know you were uh, stand up. And you sort of had done stand up years before, right? I did. So when I was twenty two, I was li I lived in New York up until like twenty twelve, just when I moved here. And I did stand up for six months when I was 22, which was recently. <laughs> and um, do you know how sad it is that that can get a laugh from a big room of people? Because I'm not <laughs> close to any of you. And they're like, ha, 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 ha. <clears throat> I just turned 40. Anyway, um, so I was 22 and I did stand up for six months. And it was so terrible. <clears throat> like, I really loved it, but it was the worst thing that I'd ever put myself through. Yeah. And, um, like, I would sort of finish doing it and then immediately dread. Like, I would only gig once a week or something, and I would, like, it would just be countdown to misery until the next time I had to get up on stage. And so I stopped doing it, and it was just this, like, little cancer in there for whatever it was from 22 to 35 when I started it up again of, like, like I didn't watch any stand-up or I wouldn't when I... My husband is British, which is why I live here, and he when we were dating and I was still in New York, he'd be like, oh, you're coming in August. Like, let's go to the Fringe. And I'm like, I can't do that. Like, it's too depressing to me right. to watch people do this thing. And then when I was 35, I felt ready again. And I started trying. Okay. Here. Here. Yeah. But I saw, I saw you, what's the, because I'd, I'd been out with you a couple of times and then I, on Facebook, there was a clip of you telling a story. I think you used to do a thing called The Moth. Which oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe aware of a, a storytelling podcast. Yeah, like a storytelling organization. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and this phenomenal routine about um, your husband's previous partner. Yeah. Like, it's really <laughs> worth having a look at if you can find it online. And, and I just went, I can't, fucking hell, you're like, this is an amazing. And I wasn't even really aware you'd performed at that stage. And then you had this incredible 
When, when was that recorded? Because that was in so America. So that was, so I used to work as a writer and it's like a promo for that. I did this. So does the, does the moth ring a bell for you guys? No. But anyway, it's like a, it's a thing in the States. Ugh, this is going to be something that I'm going to be uncomfortable saying, but it'll, it'll say it. Is that like, it's this huge storytelling thing in the States. And it's like, you guys, share your story. And I was like, good luck in England, bitches. <laughs> good luck. Because that's such an American, like whatever your story is, yeah. tell your story. And I was like, ready to watch it crash and burn. And like, you guys love it too, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> But so it's a, it's a storytelling organization. It's really popular. I've worked with them for a long time. So it was a story f sort of that I wanted because they have a huge listenership. So, and they were like, I just like telling gross, filthy, dirty stories. Yeah. And they were like, but what's your story? <laughs> Give us a big in and we'll put you on our podcast. And I was like, what's my big story? And so my, and you know, some of this is in the story, some isn't. But basically when I met my husband, he was in another relationship. Um, and she, his ex was very present in our relationship when we got together because they shared a dog together, which is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so it's sort of about that journey, namaste, yeah. that she and I, <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's about. But it's it's it was such a it was such a phenomenally well told story oh, and, re you. and really funny. Oh, I thought, thanks. I thought, God, this this woman's really funny. And then you went to Edinburgh the next summer and got nominated for the best newcomer in Edinburgh. I went, oh, okay, blimey, I, I had no but, idea. First of all, thank you. But second of all, what I thought this year, which because I'm writing a second hour, which when you go up for the second time, you're like, I don't fucking know how to do this shit in a year. I'm going <laughs> to kill myself. And I was like, whatever, I got my dog story. Back pocket, use your dog story. People are like, Sarah, that's so funny. Mm, I'll use my dog story. And then I've been trying to do it in a stand-up environment, and it's crashing. Oh, really? Yeah, because the joke rate isn't, isn't there. And it was like that audience... They weren't. They hadn't had any comedy that night, so I got up and was like, "Hey guys!" And they were like, <laughs> "Whereas like a stand-up audience is like, what you got?" And I was like, "Nothing, just a story. See you later, bye." But maybe in Edinburgh, see, I think an Edinburgh audience is more like that audience that would have listened to that. Yes, and what I'm that. thinking is made, like I think that story, because I tried, re like really, it's been the last month that we've been like, all right, I got 40 minutes, we gotta get this shit up to 60, let's get the dog story <laughs> in, and I was like, nah, it doesn't work, so, because it's, that was like a 14 minute story, and really, my story with her is like, longer than that, really, so maybe, maybe, maybe there's well, a show of, in there. It, well, it's an interesting, not many people talk about that, and that is a weird thing, A, the transition between two relationships, so when I, I my, when I met my wife, uh, she was with somebody else, and he in fact invited me. If you read my book, How Not to Grow Up, it changed Ricky Wilson's life. Okay, uh, it's, uh, cool. Uh, you know, he he invited me. He was a fan of mine. And invited me to come and speak at his university, and I only went. <gasps> I went because I'd met Katie once before, and I really Wait. liked her. How long had they been together when you met? Like Katie? ages, seven, How? seven years, eight years. Okay, fine. Years, and. Was she in university? She no, 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 no. Okay, she, I mean, I know you're older, dude, but come <laughs> on. Okay. okay, so, right. So there so, was... Yeah. She, he was working at the university and she was, and she was, was doing stuff. And he was a fan of yours. Yeah, so I kind of, I sort of... The relationship was going to end anyway. <laughs> Eventually, nothing, nothing lasts forever. One of them would have died. Right, well, so, someone would have died. <laughs> Uh, it was it was on you know it was on the way out. I didn't but but that's one to it's ten. An interesting one to ten. Yeah. What was his pain level when she left him for <laughs> you and you were a celeb? I think he was disappointed to lose me. 
Yes, yeah. but 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 <laughs> how much of a joke is that? Totally. Um, no, a joke? he was upset. He was he was obviously upset. But then that is that is his fault for inviting me. To, he used, he used Katie's back. He said, oh, you met Katie. I met Katie at a gig, uh, like, about a year before this. And I, and I really liked her. I thought she was a great stand-up. But also, I, I was... There was just something there. Like, she was standing beside me for a bit. I thought, oh, that's nice. And then I looked around, and she wasn't there. And I was, like, really... Oh, that's... Re I'm really disappointed Where's the nice gone. lady? Yeah, well, I just I felt really comfortable when she'd been standing there. And we hadn't even... I was talking <gasps> to someone else. And then she'd gone, and I felt really upset. And then she was up in Edinburgh that year, and she said, I might come see your show. And I remember standing at the back of the show, and we'd communicated a bit on uh, social media and stuff. And have you been together like a decade? Uh, Is that about right? Yeah, yeah. So I, but I remember, this was before we got together. I remember standing, wait, hope, looking to see her, if she was coming in and being really excited about the idea of her being in. So I'd kind of fallen for her straight away. And so then when I had an opportunity to meet her, we went there, and she, he took me out for lunch, and I was kind of really disappointed that she hadn't turned up for the lunch. Uh, and then, yeah, so it was a, it was sort of a heartbreaking thing for him, uh, but it was brilliant for me. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Where is he now? Are they still friends? Are you uh, guys no, friends? No, 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 they're not. Friends. Any contact that you're aware no, of? Not that I'm aware okay, of, Okay, no. okay, I think he lives in another country now. Oh, so, okay, fine. Is uh, he married? Uh, I don't know enough you about You don't care? I, don't I think really this care. is interesting. Fine. Uh, but it's a, it's, an, it's a thing that people don't talk... Yeah. That's a laugh of recognition because <laughs> it fucking is, but yeah. we'll set But it's an interest. Okay. I think that is a show, because I think that's a really, for you, not me so much, I've read right. a book about it, but uh, it's, it's um, you know, it, it, it's... It some, really resonates It's something that people, everyone yeah. has been through, but, and, and then to have that weird thing of, you know, a, a natural reason that you have to keep seeing her. Well, and also what it was... That isn't kids, you know, that's something that's... Right, and it was also, like, really, truly, I had always been dumped like I had never been the winner in any relationship ever and so it was sort of about like that I was so ready to be the best woman this woman had ever met because like well you've I mean you've never met someone so compassionate you've never met such a giver I mean I'm so emotionally aware you're in such incredible hands and then I wanted her to die within like a month you know what I mean <laughs> and and sort of trying to understand what that ugliness was in me when I'm like, no, 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 you're a woman's woman, girl. And I was like, ha, 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 no, you're just an angry bitch, you know? <laughs> and, um, and I think that basically we all are, yeah. which is why hopefully it was interesting. Yeah, well, it is. I think, and I think that's, hold on to it. It's a great routine. Thank you, I will. It's a great, and it's a great, I think there's something uh, even bigger in there with that one. But uh, it's, well, so it's quite neat. You, 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 you were going to be an actor to begin with. Did you train to be an actor? Is that, is that right? Or you yes. Doing? And then within, I mean, weeks of graduating with an acting degree, I was like, that was a big mistake. Because I went in a few auditions, which is the most... Have you ever... If you, like, properly auditioned as an actor... Yeah, I've done a few a bits and bobs. I mean, I think it's one of the most demoralizing things <laughs> a person can do. I mean, said, you know, in a white lady way. And... Um, <laughs> be real and um so very quickly I was like and also like I'm a little worker bee like I need shit to do I need to be busy and I was like oh actors have nothing to do <laughs> said with respect for the craft but like what are you doing like yeah. you sit around and wait and then maybe you get a job and I was like where's the you know I'd been in school my whole life I'm like where's the give me the work what's the work what's the work yeah. and then I was like watched some people doing stand-up and I was like oh I, people say I'm funny I'll try that and then I did that, and yeah. it was um, the worst thing that I'd ever done. 
So then I got into the moth because it was storytelling. You didn't, frankly, didn't have to be funny. And at the same rate, and then that eventually led to writing. And I had yeah. like a really middling at best career as a writer. Well, I bought your books, but they haven't. They haven't. <gasps> oh, run. they're so shitty. They haven't they're arrived like really, yet. They're so... really, really like when you're like <laughs> so many people get published these days. You're talking about this one, me. <laughs> like they were very mediocre. And I and this sounds really, really obnoxious, but I was like, I, I really think I can be better at something than I am at this. Right. You know, I was like, I'm not, like, I, I lucked out. I got these, you know, I kind of was able to write these books because I was riding a bit of a wave and there was like a chiclet thing happening and, you know, I grade in a meeting. But, like, <laughs> my writing wasn't Well, there's good. two books. So, that I, again, I haven't read them because they haven't turned up from America yet. Yeah, tried of to course, of course. Uh, um, but, uh, but they're just not, I got a nice turn of phrase sometimes, but they're exhausted. I think I could be, like, a good, like, you should, like, I could write a fun column. Yeah, I read a cute what, column, but I don't. Is that they are? They, they collect because it, it sounded. Uh, my one of my favorite writers who's been on this podcast is Jonathan Ames. Yes, and it sounded reading the blurbs. It sounded very Jonathan Amesy. Um, wait, can I say thing about Jonathan Ames yeah. also? Because you were talking about like you were just sort of stood next to Katie, your wife, and you were like, mm. "Is that when I went on my first date with my husband? On the second date, I had bought him a Jonathan Ames book, which was called." I love you more than you know. Right. And my friends were like, you can't give this dude that book. And I was like, no, 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 he's my husband, it's fine. And it was, it was like, that was how I knew. I know that's cheesy, whatever. But I'm gonna say some real shit about him, so that was me being nice at the front. Um, <laughs> thanks. So, um, so yeah, but I, I mean, I think he's more talented than I am. But um, yeah, but they, you know, they were funny stories. So, um, like, I mean, I haven't wrote the second one. Like, it, the second one came out like five years ago, so I probably wrote it seven years ago. So, like, I wrote about like I found my grandmother's vibrator once. Right. My brother did. My brother did. And so, like, I wrote about my brother finding my grandmother's vibrator. Or like, you know, like shit. That's yeah. funny. It yeah, was yeah. funny when it happened. But it's like, do I need to be writing a fucking book? <laughs> I don't know. Stuff like that. You know, about like life. You know, life in New York. Whatever. Mistaken for a transvestite at the age of 12? Is that, was that one of the stories? Oh, what it was. So my mom is like the cheapest person you've ever met. Yeah. Like, the bill comes. Oh, her name's Lynn. Lynn, shall we split it four ways? Uh-uh. Lynn's going to calculate because you owe two more dollars than she does. Like, very cheap lady. And um, I was in a, a middle school, so like 12 years old, and I'd gone through puberty, menstruating, relevant to the story, but we should all be comfortable talking about it. <laughs> and... I had to wear like a sanitary pad and she, we were supposed to be wearing leotards and anyway, she wouldn't buy me a leotard for the school play. She put me in like one of her old bathing suits. <laughs> so I'm 12, not <laughs> the gazelle that you see today. And um, there's a sanitary pad in a swimsuit and it's in, I don't, it's, it's the opening montage of Guys and Dolls, which if you've seen the film, it's like, it's New York, it's New York. So there are all these people, and I was, this is, this shit does not age well. But I was like playing in like a, like a Japanese tourist. Right. Different times. Okay. <sighs> so I'm in a kimono and some shit's not great um, in terms of appropriation and sanitary pad and my kimono came undone and one of the kids in the front row yelled, that chick's got a dick. Because I was packing, I was packing. Uh, I was in a school play called Dazzle, which is a musical based uh, on, and it, loads of schools did it at the same time, because there was actually costumes you would, that traveled the country as each school did it. You rented uh, the costumes. Oh God. It was based on a Star Trek 
parody, and I was Sam Galactic, which was, was the Captain Kirk part. Is that like so lead? Yeah, but then there was, oh God, it was so. I mean, like this is nineteen. This is the early nineteen eighties, and and it, and it was still being done. I looked online; it's still being done. And there was a cat. The the docked character was. I can't remember who he was called, but he did because he, it was a Bones in Star Trek. He was a black character who was in Dem Bones, Dem Bones, and there was uh, the Sulu character was eating chop suey and all that. It was like really. The I think he might be called. I think he might be called Chop Suey. Oh. Uh, and uh, it was the most racist thing you've ever. I mean, it was sort of that seventies vibe. But people, schools were something. I've mentioned it before. And then people go, "Yeah, I did that in 1997." Jeez. Yeah. Fucking hell. I mean, it was terrible enough, even in Somerset in 1984, whenever I did it, that this, <laughs> this was allowed to happen. But, uh, you yeah, know, it was good. I got to kiss We're living girl, and so. learning. So good. Um, I gave my wife uh, Jonathan Ames' books as well. Did in, you? Uh, in, uh, How far in were you gave her? Really early on as well. I didn't, didn't strike me that I was giving her, but I knew that I was... It's when you know, I, you know. I knew anyway. It's such so. a cheesy thing to say, but it's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, good. Uh, well, I look forward to the books. I'm going to read them and I'll let you know. Do you I'll let you know. Don't. If you, I think everyone should go and buy them. They're called yeah, The Harm in Asking yeah. and People Are Unappealing. You can get them on Amazon. You have to buy them from America. It costs eight pounds to have them sent over. <laughs> there's, more, there's five copies of each left at the moment. Thanks, Richard. It's <laughs> really helpful for me. Thank you. Um, and my, your husband was very helpful um, texting me some ideas to talk about. And these things oh. I didn't know about. He wanted you to talk about the plumbing in your flat when you first met. This is uh, th this is putting a lot of pressure on him to know what's interesting, which the man does not. I think it's. I think it's. <laughs> I think it's interesting. This one. I mean, I don't even know. Does he want me to talk about washing my feet? Well, that was one of them. That was one of them. There was another thing as well. But this that was is worse honestly. I swear to God, it's like. See if you can say horrendous shit to people and still convince them that you're likable instead of a lunatic. Like, <laughs> the plumbing in my, I lived in this apartment in Bushwick and it was, um, like it was, it was my bachelorette pad and it was like my beautiful place for these years before he ruined my life. <laughs> and, um, but the bathroom was catastrophic. So the toilet didn't work. There are two things. Do you want me to talk about shitting in a bag? Yes, yeah, it was, of course. So two things would happen. One, and just, I know it's disgusting, but I am really, like I have disgusting things about me, so these are two of them. So <laughs> basically, in the, the New York in the summer gets so hot, and I'm my mother's daughter, so I'm really cheap, so I would have one air conditioning unit and just like stay in there and just sweat profusely in other parts of my house. She'd keep all the windows open, I would get a nice cross breeze. This also meant a lot of dust and debris came in. So if you were walking around my flat barefoot, within a half an hour, the soles of your feet would be black. <laughs> and I decided, cleverly, so if you have to wash your feet, let's say you're not a flexible lady, and you gotta wash your feet 10 times a day, how are you gonna do it? You're gonna put those, you're gonna put them in the sink? No, you're not gonna put them in the sink. I made a habit of washing my feet in my toilet. <laughs> and you can go fuck yourself if you wanna judge me. <laughs> and when my husband saw it, he was like, what the fuck? You meant, I mean, we don't say masturbation anymore, so I'm sorry about that, but you know, oh no, he said. <laughs> <laughs> 
But it was also, it's like, that's so the core of my being that he needed to know. Yeah. And then the shitting in the bag is actually much more normal. It was that, like, you basically couldn't shit. It got so bad, I had a slumlord. Like, and I didn't know he was a slumlord. And one of my neighbors who moved into the building on my recommendation, which I never forgave myself for, he moved into the building. They moved in in the dead of winter. So, I mean, it's literally, it's sub-zero degrees. And they're like, the, the slumlord's name was Jack. And they were like, hey, Jack, um... It's zero degrees out, um, and the heat isn't, our stove doesn't work, or something's like, what are you gonna do? Make a lasagna tonight? And they're like, no, but we're paying you $1,500 a month, like we need a working oven. <laughs> so the guy wouldn't fix the fucking toilet and all this stuff, and so it just got to a point where like, as a, just so I didn't have to deal with this guy, there would just be a plastic bag in my toilet that I would shit into, no, tie no. it up, put it out on my fire escape, and then put it all in the rubbish at the end of the day. <laughs> do, you, do you feel that also with the movement that I just did with my leg, which was cool, yeah. that I showed a lot of flexibility that disproved the idea that I had to be washing my feet in the toilet? Yeah. I'm actually quite flexible, but yeah. anyway. And I just, and then one day I used to teach writing classes out of my apartment, and one day I forgot to get rid of my shit bags, and I was like watching a student of mine like smoke a cigarette, like this really cool like New York vignette, like, what's up, writing classes, I'm on the fire escape, Manhattan skyline in the background, smoke my cigarette, I was like, her stiletto is very near my shin. <laughs> I mean, imagine if there'd been a fire and you had to use the fire escape, the flat <laughs> like, Ignore the bags of dog <laughs> shit, everybody. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. But, you know, I also think, like, the lengths I will go to to avoid interactions with people that I don't want to have. Yeah. And I don't want to fucking talk to that landlord. <laughs> By the way, that wasn't just how I lived, okay? That was something that happened a couple of times <laughs> that I've dialed up for your amusement. I once had a girlfriend who we got stuck in a traffic jam. She really needed a wee. Uh, and there was nowhere to go in the traffic jam, so she weed in a plastic bag on the back seat. And then we had to carry that bag with us. Cool. This smell of wee. Uh, and, and then wait till we got something. So there's a bag of wee... And it was like a, you know, a shopping bag. So it's pretty lucky there wasn't any kind of hole in there. And then I the wee had to stay in the car until we found a parking lot that we could tip it, it out. And did it stink up the car? Yeah, of course it did. But it did stay did in the bag. Did that, like, as a man, what did that do to your attraction to her? Um, it was strange to... <laughs> I'm not really into that as a but sexual thing. But was there an intimacy some people to are... it? Just was sort of odd to... She went in the back seat to wee. But, you know, it wasn't that bad. But then I could hear her weeing. You know, I think, Were you like, guys laughing when it was yeah, happening? Yeah, no, it was funny. It was, it was fine. And but we broke up shortly afterwards. Right. Um, <laughs> we broke up on the drive. So. <laughs> when, when the last drop hit yeah. the plastic. It's nice that your husband felt the need to let me know those. Yeah, I swear to God, it's just like, Sarah, go humiliate yourself and see if you can yeah. make it work. Thank you. <laughs> That's real love. Your husband's been on the podcast. Your husband, I'll say, is Jeff Lloyd. The like they're gonna fucking know who that yeah. is. Yeah, he was on with Ed. Is the bloke on with when Ed Miliband was on? It was exciting. You thought who's the other bloke? What's he doing? The other that one. That was the one you're married to. He's the to. other one. Yeah. And I have to say, your when I've been to your gigs, I went to your gig uh, of your last show in the Soho Theatre, and it's the most star-studded audience I've ever seen. You've got a lot of celebrity fans. Or I friends. don't. I don't. My husband is a star fucker. <laughs> So he has he has two so the, he has two celebrity friends. He's got like 
five or something. And weirdly, two of them were in that night. Because if, if, if you think about this, if you know some people, right, yeah. like celebrity or not, and they're going, we'd like to see your middle-aged wife do her hobby. <laughs> You're like, that sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. So if people say to him, like, when can I see Sarah? I'm always like, no, like, I don't want anyone to come see me. And then I got to do some dates at Soho Theater, and it was like, this is the time when people should come. So some of his friends who are famous, yeah. Not like crazy famous, but famous enough, all came on the same night. Yeah. And then he works with Ed Miliband, so Ed Miliband came that night. So suddenly I looked really like I don't shit in a bag. <laughs> it's amazing. It's an amazing show for worse. That's the title of That's the show. That's the title. Ed nominated Best Newcomer. Yes. Um, I mean, there's lots to talk about from that show. Thank you. Um, I don't know. If, I mean, you've done. Is the show? Is that show done and dusted? Is that I mean, you know, I'd love for something incredible to happen so that it's not done and dusted. Yeah. But for yeah. Did I, you ever record it? Is it is it available recorded or you is it is it one of those that's gone into the ether? Well, I mean, it's recorded like on my phone. Right. But I, you know, yeah. So you, we could play that to strangers on the bus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I got a nomination. Um, well, yeah, just we're talking a little bit. But I don't want to like blow any of the routines but you did you, oh yeah I'm not too I mean yeah yeah no doubt um, but uh, well the, I mean the kind of central yeah, part I, of it is that as a teenager or a young teenager you wrote pornographic yeah scripts yeah that uh, I want to hear you describe <laughs> that well they're not it's, they're written from the perspective of someone who hasn't really no understanding what sex is which yeah, is so quite, quite interesting. Basically when I was like in my early 20s I was so like before there was intern I mean not before there was internet but before you like had your phone and that was all you did and I was home in my parents house and I was like looking through old shit like in my childhood bedroom and I found like I, I found this notebook and I opened it and I completely blanked out the experience of writing it and and then I suddenly remembered and I was like 12 and I'd gone through puberty so you're like Feeling like where I was at at 12 and people are different. And so like I'm feeling the feelings. Puberty's happening. Fine. But like not wanking. Like I didn't know because I have no friends who are like, oh, yeah. And then I figured out what to do with a faucet or like, mm, like a humped up thing. And, and none of those things would have occurred to me. But I'm feeling these feelings and I liked writing diaries. So I sort of started writing this thing and it just transforms itself <laughs> over the course of six pages to like, hey, Becky, are you going to the party this weekend? Yeah, see you there in sexy clothes. Okay. Oh. <laughs> to like, give me your dick, put it on my boobs. Like, it goes <laughs> crazy. And I said that to try and get a laugh out of you, but actually what it is, so I don't, I wouldn't use the word dick because that would be too advanced. I would use the word penis, but I would spell it pinus. <laughs> and then for boobs, I, or for, I, for, for boobs. Ooh. I cut, because I have a three-year-old at home and I breastfed him until he was like one and a half, like I feel like these are just my hands and I hit them like it's nothing and I know it's weird. You're having a very dramatic facial response to that. Okay. You're actually just yawning, which is the most insulting thing. Okay. It's like, I'm kind of turning on the guy. No, he's just bored. Okay, great. Um, so I thought I called them bobs. So the, a sentence is like, he took his pinus and rubbed it all over her bobs, right? It's like really, really crazy. And it's the funniest thing I've ever done. And so writing a first hour, I was like, and I went up to Edinburgh with like no agent, no nuts. So I was like, you get, if you got anything that's gonna get you anything, first hour, baby. So I put it, I put it in, and people always laugh at it because it's the funniest, weirdest thing that's ever happened. No, it's it's lovely. I mean, it's extraordinary and it's extra it's extraordinary, yeah. right? It's so perverted. But again, it's about that. I think it's 
it sort of hits a truth that everyone's been through and that people don't really talk about, about that that time when you're right. become, you know, when you're too young for sex, but you are having you sexual feelings. Feel for me, it lasted sexual. like a long, till I was 19. Uh, and then I had sex once and then lasted till I was 20. So it's, you know, it was a long time for me. But it's, it's you know, it, it is that weird and no one's really telling you what you meant. And especially, I suppose, quaintly in girl. the past as well. Because well, now people woman, know. It's like all know. more weird what's yeah, going yeah. on down there. I was also a virgin until 19, which I think is a cool category. Yes, because it's like late, but it's not weird. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I like do. It's not like when it's like someone's like 30 and they tell you that and you're like, great. <laughs> and on the inside, you're like, oh, how did I get to hear a story? <laughs> what did you used to be, right? That's always what I think. Um, it's Christian or obese every time. I'm just saying. Okay, so um, lost the room. I'll get it back. Um, <laughs> I, like, I remember also at that age, like, I was, ba you know, it was, like, that age, you're 12, and you babysit, like, a nine-year-old or something like that, and I was at a friend's house, and her mom, like, she put on When Harry Met Sally, and there's, like, the, the coffee shop scene or whatever it is with the orgasm, and she was just, like, oh, my mom says I'm not supposed to watch this part, and I remember, so then we watched it, and I, like, I thought I was going to see some necking or whatever, <laughs> and I just remember watching that and having no idea <laughs> what about watching a woman yell a little bit was sexual or inappropriate. You know, and again, I wasn't eight. I was like 12 or something, and I still didn't understand yeah. what the idea of that was. And in the porn, my, that's what I call it, the porn that I wrote, is that I didn't know what orgasms were. Like, I, I like knew that you felt the thing and that, uh, so in it, in it, because I didn't know the term orgasm, all the characters just pee. <laughs> Again, some people would like that. Yeah. So that's, that's not me. Not I don't you like with it. the girlfriend in the back, like but it, other people would in be the back. At least yeah. pee in front of you. Yeah. Or yeah. On, on. Or on you, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, um, and uh, there's also a bit in the show about how men are uh, having sex wrong. And I would like to take issue with it because... Uh, oh, great! I, I do not think you... I think the way that you are describing having sex is the correct way to have sex. You think it is the correct yeah, way to I have do. sex? I do. And I think at least uh, some women like it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and you say no women like it that way. So you're saying that men should be more gentle and less jack... Well, it's the jack The jack The point of the show is that, like, that... that um, there was a kid, his name... That's his name. That's his actual name. Which I'm, I feel like your audience is largely British, so I'm safe yeah. naming. But when he was, I was at university with him, and I remember, first of all, he was this kid who at 20 would talk about how women peaked at 18. <laughs> and he would talk about women being set, like that, you know, and now, now I'm 40, so, you know, at the time I was a little bit sexy, but now I'm like, oh, fuck. He would talk about, I remember, because we were studying abroad in Ireland, like sat at this fucking place, said with respect to the Irish people in, but this place was really something. And um, we're there and he's like, yeah, you know, like if you're like fucking a girl, like, you know, you gotta, you gotta figure her out to fuck her right, you know? Like you gotta figure this girl out because women are really different. And I just, I didn't even, I didn't think it was a, 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 it was just a moment in my late teenage life that I remembered. And then as I got older, and then you talk to women, it's like an every woman who's telling a story about some guy yeah. who knew exactly what to do with her, you're like, oh, right. Every woman wants basically the same thing, <laughs> sexually, on the route to an orgasm. 
but we act like we're different so that men can feel justified in pounding the shit out of us. <laughs> That's the gist of it, yes. right? Yeah. And you like to pound. I think the pounding is the correct way Katie's to pound. Katie's like, <laughs> That's the correct give way. it to me, Big Daddy. That's the correct. I'll do it a slow for a bit. Yeah, exactly. Out of, out of politeness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's not the correct way to pound. No, it's sex. not how... It's not yeah. enjoyable, is it? Yeah, no. No. And also, it's about what, how the man feels having sex anyway. Yeah, totally. It's, it's, for, it's for the man. If the woman yeah. gets any residual pressure, yeah. that is just a bonus. Just a bonus. <laughs> oh, no, I've had my, I've had my John Cleese moment. <laughs> I think some women do like that. I mean, I, I'm a very, I'm actually very gentle. And oh, I'm a gentle lover, I have no As doubt. As I'm sure you know, because you know my wife. Yeah, I'm obviously. Sure. That's mainly all what you're talking about. <laughs> As we have like two toddlers running around because the fucking dads can't be bothered. But we're just talking about how you make love to your yeah. lovely wife. But yeah, I have a question yeah. about that, and I don't know if you can even answer it. But okay. it was something I was thinking about with your weight loss. Yes. Do you feel that it she finds you more attractive, or is that irrelevant? She just wants you to be healthy. I think uh, she doesn't really look at me differently. Uh, so yeah. she doesn't really know. To be honest, it took her about. Five months to go. Oh, wait, are you, you doing a lost, thing? You lost some weight. Okay, okay. And I'd lost like two and a half stone by that stage. So I think she likes my mind and tries to. She didn't sign up for this hot rod bod. Is that what you're yes, saying? Right. Okay. I think she tries to look away from my repellent body. Cool. I mean, the thing is, you know, even now, I mean, I call myself thin rich. I've said fat rich, thin rich thin thing rich. in this podcast, but I am still technically overweight. I'm just no longer technically obese. <laughs> According to the BMI, I'm, you know, I'm close to being obese still. You were not obese, were well, you? I was, I was, well, technically, I was, you know, I, I've only just gone into the overweight category on Have the BMI. Have you? Yeah. Wow. I'm like 29.6 on the BMI now and 30 is obese. So there's some way to go. When I lost weight last time, I, got, I was about another stone light than this. Do you, if you were going to win... 10 million pounds on your ability to answer this next question correctly. Yeah. What do you think the likelihood is that this weight will, you will continue with the weight loss and it will stay off for three years or more? Um, I think this time there is a chance and I've lost loads of weight and always put it back on again. Last time- Your wife the, tells me that. The last, the last time. The last time it was because we had kids though and then, then I was tired. Because this it? is what I find interesting about your weight loss because how yeah. old is your youngest now? Like a, a year? Two, well, I need two. The months. youngest one is nearly two? Yeah, 20 months, yes. Is that I, my husband has put on a lot of weight since we had kids, a uh, kid. That was weird. Um, <laughs> the one he doesn't know about. Oh, so strange. <laughs> um, and I like, and I feel really bad, I feel embarrassed talking about like how much I wish I was losing weight because I'm average, but like I fucking wish I was skinnier because of uh, society or whatever. And I, every day I'll be like, all right, this is my day today. Today, no booze, no sugar, we're going. Lean machine for Edinburgh 2019, here she comes, fuckers. And then I'm like, oh, my kid's not finishing the pizza. Like, as a mom, as a parent, I cannot find the will to get through the fucking day <laughs> without some carbs and a glass of wine yeah. and just <laughs> and I, there's a crash, you know, at my leisure center and every fucking day I take my kid and I'm like, I put on my gym clothes, I'm like, I'm doing it today. And every day I'm like, mm -mm. and then I just like sit and look at the internet for two hours. 
eat some fucking pizza. Yeah. And I'm really impressed and genuinely confused and probably quite judgmental <laughs> that you're losing weight with a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Yeah, but it's... Like, are you present as a father is my question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because Jeff, my husband was like, you know Rich just lost a lot of weight. And I was like, he's not fucking around as a dad. Like, and I don't really mean that, but how have you found motivation? Uh, because, uh, well, I think not wanting to die is the... Is the well, well, my, because I'm old and my yeah, kids yeah, yeah. are young. And I kind of just thought, I'm going to die before they grow old. And that was, and so it's just, and, it's, and I don't think it matters it, whatever weight you are, I absolutely don't care for yourself or other people. It's about just for, you know, I want to feel a bit like better. Like good in your clothes. I want to feel a bit better about myself. I am enjoying being, like, being able yeah. to wear nicer clothes. Yeah. Which surprises me, but that's, the, that's a nice payoff to it. Yeah. But it's not really about that. It's just, I think that's why I think I might hold it off this time. Because maybe I'm not going to drink again. I don't know. I mean, maybe I will. But and the, so, the non-drinking so is related to the up, I drank every day in 2018, I would say. I'd say every day yeah. at least. But not loads, but at least yeah, like two or three drinks. And then I stopped doing that. I ate so much chocolate last year. I mean, I always had chocolate, but I've stopped eating chocolate, and that's, that's probably more than the booze, I think. So I haven't had to do all that much. My husband's new thing is like he interviewed he he interviewed Nigel Slater and learned that Nigel Slater eats like a like his part of his diet program was eating a yogurt in the morning and a yogurt at night. Right. So my husband started like suddenly I was like there were literally I opened the door there were like 40 yogurts in our refrigerator. <laughs> so he's now doing this yogurt thing but he's still eating the same amount he always did and you're yeah. like great. <laughs> But you can eat loads if you just if you cut out some some yeah, the high and calorie the thing things. Is, you can you know, eat loads. Nothing, just... There's nothing more boring than someone else's diet in a way. Yeah. But I also think like I'm. <laughs> no, listen, listen. That's not what I mean. Give me a chance, and I will find something more boring. <laughs> no, no. Other people's holidays and diets and exercise so boring. But, um, but, but, but what did I want to say? No, what's interesting to me is how you found the will in the context of me knowing that you have small children and also with Katie, because my husband is like, so, feels so bad. And he's like, you wouldn't, this, he's just a normal looking dude. And he feels so bad about like having put on weight since we had a kid. And I'm like, I want him to lose some weight because a doctor has told that for him. And he's not the youngest guy out there either. But he's like, you must think I'm disgusting. I'm disgusting. I can't look at my repulsive body. And I'm like, because I've been doing that shit for eight years. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't care. There's not, like, when he was two stone lighter, it didn't. Yeah. Well, if that's it doesn't not, matter to it me. It doesn't matter. That's never, you know, and it really, with my wife, whatever reason she likes yeah. me for, it isn't. It was never. It wasn't that. That you were on the uh, And, dude, I was fat when I met her and actually lost some weight. I've lost some weight subsequently at that, that time. So I didn't do a diet that, that time. But um, yeah, no, it's, I think it's, there's some, there is something mentally that has to shift, and that's it. And then yeah, when, and then when, when it the happens, shift makes, because I've tried loads, I was trying all last year, and I'd lose a bit, and then I'd just put it all back on again and loads more. And then this time there's just been a mental shift, and I don't feel and you like. You just do it. I don't feel like it's going to, but something might happen that makes you go, all oh, right, fuck, I'm drinking and I'm eating chocolate again. Yeah, but then yeah, yeah. knowing that those are the two main things, I've just, I haven't even been doing it for the last two, two months. Like, I haven't been like dieting, but it's, I've still been losing weight. You're a little shit. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I might be, you know, terminally ill. <laughs> it's, been, it's been really easy. And to be honest... It's one of the seven been, signs. It is one of the seven been, signs of cancer. Well, it's like people, some people said to me, oh, you know, I didn't want to say anything in case you were ill. And you were like, I'm so flattered. <laughs> <laughs> Let's ask you some emergency questions. Okay. Uh, we did some backstage, of course, as uh, members will know. Um, 
And I said, I said to you when we were backstage that I've lived here six and a half years, so I think I can do moderately well with things that hinge on a cultural reference, but not great. Yeah, well, that's good, though, but then it's, it's nice to try. That's what's fun about these, is that you can, you can try. Okay. Um, I know, let's not ask about poo. And that's going to that's going to be most God. that's going to be most of them out. Uh, what what thing do you most regret destroying with fire? <sighs> Doesn't necessarily have to be fire, but I burnt my. I, I still regret this. I burnt my all my art from school. The Why? Because I, I wasn't very good at art, and so I decided to. And that was the only subject I was bad at, and so I got it home, and it obviously represented failure to me. So I burnt it in the garden the minute I got it home. And you really regret having done that? I do now, because I'd like to see what I'd done, but also, you know, it was it's still an expression of who you are, isn't it? It'd be yeah. Nice to, nice to have it, and it's a really awful thing to, to gleefully to burn. Destroy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Destroy with fire. I, um, I've never destroyed anything with fire. My favorite fire-related story is that my sister-in-law, who's like miss, like she makes me feel bad, not intentionally, but she's like really good at all the shit I'm bad at, like taxes, and like she's on top of shit. And I found out recently that she burned down her bedroom in her own family home because she like went to sleep with a candle on. Oh god, yeah. And that was my favorite. I was like, I don't fucking do that, you dumb bitch. And that like <laughs> brought me some bit of joy. Yeah, those, those kind of things worry me though. We got a we got a fire in our house, a fire, like a nice old fireplace. Oh, and do you you, and you we use it? Yeah, we use it last night. It's been cold this uh, June. It's my, it's my least favorite month in this country yeah. because it feels like it should be different and it's not. Yeah, it's been awful. Yeah. Horrible today. Free healthcare, congratulations, but seriously, what the fuck in June? <laughs> um, do you think it's uh, cheating to, if, you're, if Jeff would have sex with a sex robot? Would you consider that cheating? No. No, good. I'm really into sex robots. Are you good? Yeah, I'm and I have this thought, person. and I'm gonna, re I don't remember what I said before. Oh, I do remember what I said before where I really lost the audience, and I think I'll do it again now, but let's try it out. Is that, I'm, this isn't funny. This is just a thing that I think there's yeah. something in this, good. is that, we could eradicate pedophilia if we could invent a child sex robot. <laughs> I think it's been done. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, people don't just wake up wanting to fuck a kid, right? They, they, some really, really fucked up shit happened to somebody. Yeah. And so now they like to fuck children or babies or whatever. And if we could give them robot babies or kids to fuck, then they wouldn't perpetrate their crimes and then it would be gone in a generation. Don't you think they should put me on reasons to be cheerful talking about that? <laughs> Guys, it's me! It's Sex like, robots! It's a hard thing to pitch as an advert, though, isn't it? Like, <laughs> or like, yeah, yeah, what do you do for a living? I make sex robots for Peter Faster. <laughs> no, it's good, I'm keeping them off I'm the street. I'm keeping them off the street, seriously. You should, be, you should be thanking me. I used to do a routine about, I've got very tiny hands, and I used to I do I noticed, a routine. I didn't want to say anything. I did, I did a routine about being willing to wank people off from behind the curtain <laughs> with a childish voice. And then, and then people would get upset, and I said, "I'm no, I'm out there trying to stop people." You're Pedophilia. trying exactly. I'm getting my hands dirty. People what get are you so doing? uncomfortable. People are judging me people for, judging for, for trying, trying to solve to do the good. problem. I've noticed that your small hands, because I I have always found as a lady who met her husband at 31, that um, that. I always thought there was truth to the thing of the small hands and the small peen. Yeah. And my husband has smaller hands and a yeah. very mead peen. And I get really, I never want anyone to think I'd be with a small dick man. Right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 
I have a very tiny penis, so... I'm sure you don't. The same, same size. Do you know what? I did a comedy recently. Oh, no, you talked to my wife about it, so yeah, you no, know. No, you I know the truth. About it. But I, uh, I will say that I think only... Um, this. I did a comedy night recently, and this guy was on stage who I know has a big dick because I know, like, multiple people who have fucked him. And he did all this stuff about his small peen, and I was like, they only say that when they're packing. <laughs> So there's a little So there you fellas. go. Be small dick fellas, and then they'll, all the girls will come Be back. Like, and then small you go, dick, here you it say. is. Go, oh. You go, wait, I did say. Are you happy with that? And then uh, I go, yes, I am happy. And they should be, because size is not important. Read my book, Talking Cop. Available on Kindle. Um, good. We've all built a snowman, right? This is for kids, this question. We've all built, that's why it's phrased in this way. We've cool. all built a snowman, right? Right. But what's the most unusual thing or being that you've ever crafted out of snow? Uh, 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 I don't know if it's interesting, but an igloo. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, because Chica- I'm from Chicago. It snows it's cold a lot up there, there. yeah. Yes, yeah, so you get a lot of snow. And I once made a little, on a snow day, I made a little thing. Yeah. I went inside, and I was a bunny, like a little cutie. Yeah. It, was it a feasible, viable igloo? Or did... Oh, yeah. No, it was like, it's like one of the nice memories of my childhood is being in this igloo. with Made of bricks Klitsky. or just piled up snow? Did you make bricks of ice? No, no, no. It was together? more like we made a big thing. Like, you know, we made a, like a thing. Yeah. A dome, yeah. a small dome, yeah. and then dug it out yeah. so we could sit in and yeah. then we like ate a carrot. Yeah. I don't know, like a bunny. <laughs> it's like eating a snowman from the inside. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I did the same. I had the same. I, I built an igloo in my garden. It, was, it used to snow in the 70s. Is that real? Yeah. Well, it, I seem to. Maybe it's just because I lived in the countryside. We had massive snowstorms in. No. I lived in Mendips and there was with six foot snow. Uh, two or three times when I was a child, and I've not seen six feet snow. Oh, two or three times in your child. Yeah, yeah. Well, in oh, the, right. In, in Chicago, it's like two or three times in a month. Yeah. Okay, fine. That makes my sense. Okay. Do you ever go to Warsaw, Indiana, when you lived in Chicago? No. Why are you asking? Because I went there on holiday. Oh. Why? <laughs> was it on the lake or something? It was it like a beach town? Well, there is a lake there. Uh, we went. It was the worst holiday. Was this as an adult or a child? Yeah, this was recent. Well, re- re- relatively recently. Is my wife has relation has an auntie out there, and we went out to see who's English, but she's moved to moved to marry a couple of American men, as it's turned out, uh, who are both now dead, and one of them died while we were on that holiday. So uh, oh, it was. <laughs> we were. <laughs> I'm sure I must have talked about this before, but. Um, I've kind of, it's one of those things I'd really like to write a play about. Right. Um, but it's sort of, I have to wait till everyone's dead. And I don't know if I can quite remember it well enough, but basically the first day we arrived on this holiday, and Warsaw, Indiana is not a nice place. It's like going on holiday to Slough. Right. It's like, go, it's like coming from America to go on holiday to Slough. Worse than that, because it's also full of, uh, the, 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 as I'm sure I've definitely said this before, but it's full of the school uh, guard, the school fields, because right. it was closed, it was summertime, were covered in tiny little crosses. Each cross represented four fetuses that had been aborted cool. Cool. In, in the county. And really that was cool. the school. That was by yeah. the playing field in the school. So it was a very right-wing place. Yeah. Uh, and I got there. We were in a motel. It was okay. And I sat down to read a book on the first day. And we was, this was when Phoebe was a little girl. Uh, and I was thinking, oh, at least I've got a bit of holiday. The phone rang. It was down reception. I had to go down to reception. And uh, my... My wife's aunt's husband, who was very ill, had fallen off the toilet. And they were saying, can you come with my brother-in-law to pick him up off the toilet? Off the toilet floor. 
And then we had to go to this house. It was a very, very, I can't talk about it too much. Why? Because, because she's still alive and she might listen to this. But it was an unusual house in lots of ways. And, and I'd sort of pictured this husband as being kind of an American chiseled man for some reason. And it was like a really hairy right. old man with his pants down yeah. who I'd never met before. Yeah. It was like, get the, what, get like the bodybuilder in to lift him yeah. up. Oh my God. So it was a very odd way to meet someone. I felt bad for him, but I didn't in the end pick him up. We just left him. <laughs> <laughs> because we weren't qualified to pick him up. And then we stood in the kitchen eating like some breakfast with like, there's loads of cats in this house. And one of them Oy had, and they were sneezing and had cat aids. <laughs> and there was this very gay friend of my, my auntie-in-law who was making us food and just chatting as if nothing was happening. And there was a man lying on the toilet floor next door until the medics arrived, you could pick him up. Then, he, uh, then I met him again in hospital, and then I saw his corpse. <laughs> <laughs> and it was there, and no one, and that was it, like we went in, <laughs> not sure we could put this out. It doesn't go out to America, right? <laughs> we, we, they, they brought us up a breakfast, said he's, uh, you know, he's died, and we said, oh, well, we're just having breakfast, we'll come to the, hos the hospital <laughs> when we finish breakfast. <laughs> An hour later, an hour later, we walked in. They said, "Come in, come in," and I, you know, and with my daughter as well. Come in, come in. We just walked into the room, and then he was—he was just lying on the bed, <laughs> dead. I'd never seen a corpse before. Why are they? Left? <laughs> and and they were all just carrying on a conversation around him, and just like literally mouth agape. <laughs> it's a very exciting time for me. Yeah, this guy, this guy likes it. Might have, might have to cut it out. I'll talk to, I'm I'll talk to my daughter. sweating. Yeah. That's my it was, favorite. It was just, oh, but I just thought from his perspective, that guy sort of... <laughs> I, I said hello to him when he was on the toilet floor. Went in to meet him in hospital when he was sort of like, I'm nearly dead. Dead. <laughs> so it was a great holiday. We did spend a, a, a day in Chicago, and I have to tell you, it was the most wonderful thing that's ever happened. Because <laughs> we've been eating in like chain restaurants in Warsaw, there was nowhere else to eat in, in chain, and then we went to like a really nice, oh. proper restaurant in Chicago. What was it and called? I can't remember, it's a really good steak, uh, and we saw that- Ruth Chris's. I can't remember. Fine. We saw this coffee bean thing, big silver coffee bean thing that's in Chicago. Oh yeah, the bean. Yeah. My brother is the sandwich king of Chicago. Is he? You know, like in a, I mean, weird that I brought up Ferris Bueller's Day Off twice, that makes me seem weird, but like <laughs> the sausage king of Chicago. Anyone? Yeah. Oh. Sandwich king of Chicago. So is he loaded? Is he your brother? Yeah, he makes a lot of money. Yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm always asking him how much he needs to make before yeah. I could just like be like, can I just have some? <laughs> like, I think that's an interesting question. Like, yeah. how much would you need to just make? Before, if it was your brother, your sister, you'd be like, yeah, take two million. Yeah. I was like, if, you're, if you make 40 million, because he says he doesn't make that kind of money, but he has like a successful food truck thing going on. Yeah. And now there are three trucks. And I'm very direct with money, and he's my brother, so I know exactly how much he makes. And I'm like, you're doing very well. If this becomes like the next Chipotle, can I have like $3 million? Yeah. And my sister-in-law's like, it would, be, it would depend on how you spun it. That's what she said to me. <laughs> it would depend on how you spun it. <laughs> That's 
Just tell her you're going to spend it one way and then spend it the way you want to spend it. Yeah, like on education. (laughs) (laughs) I'd have to have a lot of money to give my brother and sister any money. My brother and I are quite close. I would give him, if I had 40 million, I would definitely give my brother 3 million. I mean, I'm close, but... No, I'm not giving him any money. (laughs) It would feel like they they then owed me something. I wouldn't want them to feel that pressure of them (laughs) knowing that they were... (sighs) Now I've put it like that, maybe I will lend them... (laughs) get a few more subscriptions before we get there. <laughs> um, uh, oh, I enjoyed man. your appearance on Griefcast. It's, that's worth uh, listening to. It's a very moving, oh, very moving uh, podcast anyway. It's a brilliant podcast. She's very good. She's really good. But I like that you started off talking... Uh, I thought, mean, this it's is about making grief, me look terrible. But you started talking about farting. farting. Yeah, yeah, classic good. Sarah. But that was... I like farting and she, I, like, yeah. I find it funny. I think it's human. You know, there are two people, people who think farting is funny and people don't. And yeah. if you don't, like, then we're not for each other, like, in any possible way. Not as friends, not as lovers. Like, fucking farting is funny. And if you're like, stop it, then fuck off. Like, yeah. it's funny. And Carrie Ad, Lloyd, who hosts it, she and I were talking. She's like, yeah, farting is fucking hilarious. And we, that was how we began our grief talk. Yeah. It was good, but it's good for, again, when you're talking about something that sad, it's good to bring life and humor yeah. to it. Uh, and also, I think it's good to hear women talking about farting. Yeah, I genuinely feel like a feminist angel gets its wings yeah. every time a woman is like, farting! I like to, well, because... you talk about doing farts that are so bad they clear rooms. And oh, yeah, I cleared, that... I cleared a Starbucks in Midtown yeah. in, like, 2006, totally. Yeah. It was when I was, like, really dieting, and so it was, like, only sun-dried tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! And I cleared a Starbucks. Yeah. I but mean, do you I know what? Do I don't think I spoke about it that openly before I was married. No. I think if I was still single, there'd be part of me about, like, anyone want to fuck me tonight? <laughs> Anybody? And then I might not have been so open. Yeah. Some people are into I that, think though. the feminist angels just lost their wings. Okay. <laughs> it's a great podcast. You should listen to that podcast anyway. I also listened to you on Desert Island Dicks, which is a great name for... Oh, what a, yeah. What a great idea for a podcast. Uh, and it is very good, but it is actually a very good idea for a podcast because yeah. what they do is just the worst... The worst things. The worst things. And it's actually very good. Yeah, I enjoyed really you talk, idea. I enjoyed you slagging off Sean Lennon, which I'm happy you do again. Oh, I thought you were going to ask me that's one else. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I waited... You to... don't have to tell again. You can do if you want Oh, oh well, now listen. I feel very uncomfortable yeah. because now it's like, no, Richard, they should hear it. So you guys, right? <laughs> like, that's the awkward situation I'm Well, I've got this sort of interesting... Well, it's just that it's interesting when you... Um, as you say, I think, I think it's interesting when you meet, you were waiting and you, met a cele- you meet a celebrity who's actually just a Oh, yeah, prick. I love talking about, like, who's a cunt for yeah, waiting yeah. tables because I think, like, like, a thing that Jeff, my husband, says is that, so he now works with Ed Miliband, so he's often, like, going around town with Ed Miliband and there are, I mean, the number of people who treat, and not, like, who treat Ed one way and Jeff another because Ed Miliband is famous and Jeff isn't really, he said with love for his <laughs> career. Um, and it's fucking disgusting. I mean, that's the measure of a cunt. Like, that you're nice to someone because they're famous and someone else can t- just fuck off. And as a waiter, the insight that you get into celebrities is fabulous because there are people who are terrible. There are people who are lovely, but you can see the performance of humanity. <laughs> and then there are people who are just like, you're a great person. And I thought the nicest person I ever met, and she gets so much shit is Gwyneth Paltrow, like, because of goop. People make so much fun of her. But I waited on her a bunch of times over the course of five years, and I believe her to be the nicest celebrity (laughs) I ever encountered. One of the biggest cunts was um, Sean Lennon. So I didn't know who he was, and I was waiting tables, and it was an Italian restaurant. So it was, like, only Italian wines and Italian this and Italian that. 
And I went over to this table, and I was like, hi, how are you guys doing this evening? Um, was there anything to drink that I could start you off with? And this guy at the table turns to me, he's like, yeah, 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 um, I, need, I need you to change the music. And I went, oh, unfortunately, we can't cater to every guest's whim, um, so I'm sorry, but if you don't like this one, there'll be something on soon. I mean, like, you have to fucking talk to someone like they're not just an asshole that they would say that. Yeah. And the guy's like, no, 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 I, I know my music. I'm asking you to change your music. And I was like... I'm so sorry, I can't fulfill that request. And my go-to line as a waiter was always preemptively, I'd be like, you need a manager. Like, I'd just say it straight away. I'd be like, yeah. you seem like a guy who needs a manager. So I got a manager, and I said something about it, and one of my friends was like, oh, you're going to have a feast on table 23. And I didn't understand what he was saying, and I later found out it was Sean Lennon, yeah. who then threw such a temper tantrum that the managers let him put his iPad on <laughs> so he could get through his meal. And then he's going, he's like, I want to, he's like, I want this. And I was like, we, own, we don't have that. It's an Italian restaurant. I have grappa for you or something. <laughs> and he's like, I don't want grappa. And I was like, I, I mean, so fucked. Yeah. Like a really fucked person where you're like, you were John Lennon's kid and you are off your face with what you think the world is, you know? I was in this weekend, I was in a restaurant this weekend and said, like, I can't work out how much of this is my fault. We had, we had like 50 minutes to have our meal um, before we were going to go to the cinema. And so we got and we said, we're in a bit of a rush, we'll order straight away. And we ordered, and then it took quite a long time for the, we had, so should we have starters or should we just have the main right. course? We thought it's 50 minutes, we can pro we're good at getting out of restaurants quick, but we'll be fine. And then the starters arrived at about 20 minutes and we ate them in about five minutes. And then it took about five minutes to clear them. I thought, we'll still be all right, we'll still, we'll yeah, still yeah, got yeah. We still got half an hour. And then, and, uh, but we didn't then go at, you know, 15 minutes to go, but like right. five minutes ago, I went, can we get the, we probably need to get the, the bill and is the food coming? And then it arrived just as we were getting off to leave. They showed it to us and I said, yeah, it's not, not Did we can't really have it. Did you preemptively tell them that you only had 50 minutes? We said at the beginning we were in a rush, but we didn't give it the amount of time. And then I'm I, not blaming you. Yeah. I'm just getting the full story yeah, yeah. here. Yeah. I mean, I often I said, "What well, you charge us whatever you want, but we can't we can't take that with us." How hostile were you in that moment? Not hostile at all. You're like, very nice. I mean, I felt bad that we'd sort of Britishly so British. fucked up. Yeah. Yes, they're very British. But that's quite bad. Like half an hour between the start and the main course is pretty. Yeah, bad. I would have been pretty aggressive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think they he said, "Oh, we, you know, we 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 said." We, I said, it's half an hour, though, between the start. That's, even if I'd not been any, going anywhere, I'd been quite annoyed with half an hour. Yeah, between, that's insane. Because I'd have been hungry. Yeah. I was hungry. I had an apple. Angry. I had an apple. Angry. <laughs> Good. It's well, I'm glad anger. that. So I'm not as bad as Sean Lennon. No. I'm no. sure you're very... Have you ever embarrassed yourself in a restaurant that you're... Or has Katie ever said to you, how often does it happen when something's going on, maybe it's in a cinema and someone's looking at their phone or anything, where you would engage with someone and it would become in any way heated, and your wife is like, you need to calm down. Oh, no, only, That's not your vibe. That only happens at home between the two of us. Great, great. And public, <laughs> great. quite good. I don't, yeah, I don't think so, but sometimes, you know, but sometimes you do, you're having a bad day. I think that all those things with those stories, when you hear a story, story about someone, you kind of go, they might just been having a terrible day. They might, I mean, doesn't, I mean, to be fair, I don't know why I'm trying to defend Sean Lennon. But why do you think you are trying to defend him? I don't know. Because I listened to your story and I thought, what a prick. And now I'm trying to defend him. Because his dad died. I his dad died. I was, his sad dad when died. I was sad when John Lennon died and he wasn't even my yeah, dad. Yeah, he wasn't even your dad. <laughs> <sighs> I, think, I think that's fair. But I also think... 
Like, that's such an extreme situation. Like, to yeah. say, I know music is very yeah. lunatic. If I was John Lennon's son, I wouldn't... I would you don't say the word I would have, music. I'd avoid to say music. It. I would hate yeah. all music. You have to hate all music. I'd say, say can you turn the music off? Because yeah. my dad was John music. Lennon, and hearing music <laughs> is reminding me... That he was the greatest <laughs> genius yeah. of them all. Yeah. So it's insulting to me that you're playing music. That's what I would say. Yeah. Which would make me a good person, right? I insist everyone eats in silence. Actually, I might start doing that anyway, because I, I kind of hate music in restaurants. You do? I put up with it, yeah. I don't want to have music playing. I want to just have quiet. So you I do can, just want quiet. I want so quiet, just... just peace, and then I can talk to my wife if I can be bothered. If you can be bothered, or right. Or watch something come my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because when my good video comes up on Twitter when I'm eating with my wife, you and then I've got it. the music, I've got to turn it right up. So yeah. I'm a, I'm a so great person. You can experience person. it. I'm a very good person. Hey, look, we're, we're, we're coming to the end of the evening and it's been, uh, it's been lovely to talk to you. Uh, this is going to go out after Edinburgh. Are you doing Edinburgh? It's going out after? Yeah. Dude, why the fuck am I even here? <laughs> <sighs> Didn't think I'd mention that until later. But you'll be touring your Edinburgh <laughs> It was such a pleasure that you asked me to be here. Um, that was my big plug, was going to be Edinburgh. Yeah. Well, maybe oh. Edinburgh 2020. What should I plug? My books that I already said were mediocre? Yeah, the books are good, but, well, the books look good. What else? I don't know. Like, you know, if you didn't like me, then I really respect your opinion, but if I seemed like maybe I was up your street in terms of stuff that you find funny, then, you know, come to some shit. Oh, oh, I have a thing. No. Can I just plug it to these people? Yeah, I don't yeah. know what to do anymore. Guys, in the room. <laughs> Are any of you going, hi, are you guys going to Edinburgh? Okay, I'll be up there. I think I'll be medium. I think it's, no, I, I'll be really <laughs> great. My agent will fucking kill me. No, I'll, um, I'm doing a show. It's at 8.30 at night. I'd really love if you came, but not if you were like, you know who I didn't like was that American woman because then it, you'll just hurt me if you come. So if you thought I was funny, please come. And also in this room, I'm doing a, um, a comedy night on the 4th of July, God bless what? America. At two north down, and it's really fucking good. Like I have like Lou Sanders, Sindhu V, and Rose Matafeo are all just there trying out new Pretty shit. Good. Very good. Are you shitting me that that's a lineup? Yes. <laughs> Six pounds. Come to that, and then um, follow me on Twitter, and hope to see you in Edinburgh 2020. Hey, you people at home, you miss some good shit if you don't come and see these things live. Ladies and gentlemen, give a massive round of applause, Sarah Barrow. <laughs> Thank you very much. We're back here next week with Michael Sheen and Ed Gamble. Still a few tickets up there left. And I'll be out in the uh, foyer in a minute. See you in a sec. Come here. Bye. How do you like them sky potatoes? <laughs>